0: Today is our last Sunday where we are uh, exploring this series on worship. We've taken nine weeks to talk about worship here at Beaches Chapel, and I have to say personally from from my perspective and my point of view, uh, if there was ever a series that really kind of caught me off guard and just how fun, amazing, awesome, deep it was going to be, it was this series. It's just, It was supposed to be four weeks, and we went nine, because God just kept revealing more and more, and it was like, no, we're not done yet, we're not done yet, we're not done yet. Um, and this is it. Today is the day. This is, where, this is the grand finale. This is where we put a bow on everything. And I'm only going to talk very briefly this morning. And no, it's not because the Jags are playing right now, but it's because we have some other people who are going to actually be giving the sermon this morning. I'm going to turn it over to them in just a little bit. But we've talked about, just a quick recap, we've talked about dancing in worship. We've talked about lifting our hands in worship. We've talked about bowing in worship. We've talked about worship being a weapon. We've talked about worshiping in spirit and truth, about forgiveness in worship, and all these things. We've run the gamble. Of, of all of it. And, and what I want to just say this morning as we wrap this series up, listen, let's not stop those things, right? If we talked about dancing in one service and we talked about kneeling in the other, that doesn't mean one Sunday we do this and one Sunday we do that. No, we do it all together. We, we, we combine all the elements of what we've talked about in these last nine weeks and bring, we bring it every single Sunday. Because worship goes somewhere. Right? Worship is a journey. It is a vertical journey up to the Lord as we lift our hands, as we place Him on His pedestal that He so rightfully deserves to be on. We, we run that same thing of dancing and kneel. It's just it's all-encompassing. And I, and I pray that we start to see those things every single Sunday here at Beaches Chapel. And it's just good what God is doing. Um, as, as we do wrap up, the last and final Hebrew word that we're going to be talking about this morning is the word Shabbat. Which means and I I love this definition. It means to shout, to address in a loud tone, to command, to triumph. All right, I'm gonna say that again. To shout, to address in a loud tone, to command and to triumph. Notice in this definition, it says nothing about melody, it says nothing about harmony. It doesn't say anything about, like, the the beauty of worship. And listen, I love when our worship sounds great. And praise God, we have a worship team that just makes our worship sound incredible every single week. But I think personally, we can get too caught up in in how it sounds. when, When this very definition, this part of worship says nothing about those things, right? It says to shout, right? And, and there, there, are, there are ways that we can shout, which we'll get to in a minute. But I just want to understand, listen, y'all, worship sometimes can be a little messy. Worship can get dirty, all right? It can get loud. And those are good things because that wakes up our heart. It reminds us of who God is. Psalms 47, the whole chapter says this, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. He will subdue the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. He will choose our inheritance for us, the excellence of Jacob, whom he loves, Selah. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our king, sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people have gathered together, the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. All right, we already prayed it. We've already said it in our meeting this morning. God is the God of all the earth. And what it says here in Psalms 47 is he is a great king. He's not an evil king. The Old Testament is full of evil kings, right? God is a great king. And as Ben just said earlier, he's not just God of Sweden and Armenia and Russia and other parts of Europe or Asia or Jacksonville or the United States or, yes, even Washington, D.C. He's the God of all of it. And he is a great king. And if God says that he is great at something, then he's greater than we could ever think is great. Like when God says, I'm great, it's like, well, I don't even know how great that is. Because his understanding of great, we can't fathom. He is a great king, and so what does it say to do? It says to shout. Now, it also says how to shout, and there are different ways of shouting, right? There are certain shouts that are not the shouts that we're talking about this morning. There is a shout that my wife gives in the house where I know specifically that something has happened, right? It's a shout that says, get in here. There's a roach, all right? And it's loud and it's piercing, and our neighbors can hear it. And she doesn't have to tell me what's going on. I'm like, there's a roach. I need to bring my flip flop. That's not how the Bible tells us to shout, y'all. It says to shout with a voice of triumph. So we don't shout in fear, we don't shout in doubt, we shout with a voice of triumph. Why? Because we're victors. We are not victims. We serve a God and we worship a God who is the great king over all the earth. And he says, worship like it. So shout about it. Wake up your heart to that truth. You are not a victim. Listen, the next time you feel like that, the next time that you feel like that victim, I want you to turn in the Bible to where it says how to act as a victim. You're going to be looking a long time. It's not in there because we're not. We are not victims. And we have to wake our hearts up to that truth sometimes because we can feel like it. But no, God says, shout with the voice of triumph. Listen to this, y'all. On his best day, on the enemy's best day, all he can do is send us home to paradise with Jesus. God took the enemy's greatest weapon in death and flipped it on his head and said, no, 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 no. You think you're killing them? No, you're bringing them home to me where there is no sickness, where there is no sorrow, where there's, where there's no, no everything that we struggle with here, right? There is only the love of Jesus and worship and being made whole That's what we get on the enemy's best day. That doesn't sound like being a victim to me. No, we are victors through Jesus Christ. So let's worship like it. I want to ask you a question these days as you've been walking out your faith. What does your shout sound like? What has your shout been sounding like lately? What are the words that you've been saying in your own life and what you've been walking through? Because the truth is you might be hearing me say this and you're like, James, I don't don't feel like a victor. I feel like a victim. I feel alone. I feel defeated. I feel depressed. I feel frustrated. I feel like if I, if I do this one sin, just one more time that I've been struggling with, I'm just going to quit altogether. I feel forgotten. This is what I want to say to you. Shout all the more. Shout all the more. Because here, here, here's the thing about it, y'all. We have to shout before we get to the finish line. We, we love to think of our testimony as this thing that, yeah, I'm going to shout about it once it's done. But it doesn't work that way. Listen, if you've ever run a long race or done anything like that, you have to start thinking, I'm going to do this before you get to the finish line. Because if you start quitting before you get there, you're not going to ever make it. So you have to shout to your body. You have to shout to your mind, I'm going to do this. And the same with our walk with the Lord. Joshua chapter 6, starting in verse 15. It says, but it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. They've been walking around Jericho, um, the Israelites, and they've been walking once silently. Well, now it's the seventh day, and now they're walking around it seven times. On that day only they they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened when the priests blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now, in this moment, God hadn't given them the city. The walls were still there. The city was occupied. But he's telling them, God has given you the city. So I want you to shout. Verse 20, so the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. So let's pay, a spe- let's pay special attention to the order with which everything happened. David said, God's declared it, and it's done. I want you to shout. They shout, and then the walls fall. It wasn't that the walls fell. David said, oh, God's given you the city, and then they shout victory. Okay? The shouting happens before the walls fall, not after. And I know that it's hard. I know that some of us are walking through things, and you just don't feel like shouting anymore. God's saying, look, I'm a great king over all the earth. And that includes your home. That includes at your workplace. That includes in your marriage. That includes with your children. That includes at the doctor's office. And whatever you are walking through, I am the great king over those things. So if the enemy tries to tell you anything other than that, shout back at him that I serve a great king. And I am his son and I am his daughter. And so I'm going to worship him. Because even on your best day, enemy, all you're going to do is send me to my heavenly father. That's on your best day. Don't let the enemy shut you up. Shout with that voice of triumph. Psalms 145, starting in verse 1. I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Read verse 4 again with me. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. We're going to declare God's works to one another this morning. I've asked three people to share a brief testimony with you all that I believe is our way of shouting the great works of the Lord. Revelation chapter 12, starting in verse 10, says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. Verse 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Amen. So if I could please have Miss Lois Heron, is she ready to come on up? you want me to come to you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: Okay, but you hold that? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Wow. <laughs> you look so beautiful from up here. <laughs> My name is Lois Heron. I'm the mom of Jim and Cam Durham, my caregiver and my incredible nurse daughter. And right now, first of all, I want to thank all of you for your cards, your visits, your meals, and the amazing love that I felt every time I come in here when I could come to church. Thank you. You are truly my family. About a year and a half ago, the roof began to fall in on my strong, independent, self-confident life, retired federal air traffic controller, went to nursing school after that, got my RN, went to Haiti, the director of public health there made me the director of a medical dental clinic where I pulled teeth and sewed up machete wounds for seven years and then came home, to my cozy little townhouse where I lived in perfect health until I was 90. night, one Sunday night, broke the thy bone. service here and I came down for prayer. Jim and Marty Monroe came forward to pray for me. Since this surgery was scheduled, she prayed for the completeness of the surgery, the skill of the surgeon, and a speedy recovery. I tell you, You just came to the garden.
0: name Bubba's up here. went to Miss Lois' house uh, during some of that and I brought my guitar and we had worship together. Cam was there and uh, we were, I don't know, one or two songs in. And uh, I went to go say something and y'all, I kid you not. I kid you not. In that moment, she shushed me. She went, Shh, the Holy Spirit is here. I said, Okay, you're the boss, Miss Lois. She's amazing. That's we're going to have uh, Tiffany. Come on up, Tiffany's one of our new members, and we're putting her to work immediately.
1: Thank God he's standing with me. Um, I'm trying not to cry during mine, and now you made me cry. So, um, I was actually raised in this church. Um, Pastor Louise was very important to me. Um, I spent every Wednesday watching VeggieTales. I was baptized in the small church that we had. Um, I lost my way. I struggled with my mental health and active addiction for almost 10 years. It um, doesn't look like it, but I've done it all. Everything from youth crisis centers to mental health wards to jail, rehab, therapeutic communities, I have done it. 2012 after my longest stint of 18 months I got out, I had found God again um, I had actually done praise and worship with some of the girls that I was locked up with um, I got out, I went back to college, I was like you know there. I have a purpose, there's something that I'm going to do with this life and I went in for my bachelors in human services um, you don't realize how much trauma that you have to get child, um, but you know I was clean, I got out in 2012, I'm going to college, I did world religions, oof, because that put me on a whole nother, you know, another set of getting lost and um, I tried finding other churches and I even um, sung in a choir for First Baptist of Mandarin, um, I experienced a lot of church hurt, um, I met the father of my children and I have two kids, five and three, um, I struggled a lot after I graduated. It's a whole nother story. We'll talk about it if you ever want to talk about it, but having a record like mine made it very difficult to work in my field. Uh, I got denied to graduate for an internship. It took me six years to graduate, almost three or six years to get my degree and three years just to graduate. It wasn't until COVID happened that they did a like um, instead of an internship it was a project online and I finally was able to graduate Um, so that I was so excited but now everything was shut down and I could not find work here it was almost impossible and me and Cody and my two kids took a plane 5,000 miles away packed everything we had and moved to Hawaii I was there for a little under a year Um, I found my dream job working as a counselor for victims of human sex trafficking I had seven through 17 year olds. Um, We lived four blocks away from the beach. Everything was golden, right? My relationship with God was very inconsistent. It was very wishy-washy and after me and Cody separated, I had to come home within two weeks to come back to Jacksonville um, by myself. My mom had sold her house and because of my record, I was back serving tables um, and probably hit the lowest point that I've been in a very long time. I didn't understand how I could go through so much and get through so much, and then to be back on the bottom by myself with my children, barely making ends meet. I remember we moved into our rental house now. We didn't have hot water, we didn't have heat. And I remember just crying out to God, like, God, I don't understand. I don't understand why I would go through so much tribulation to end up back here. I'm confused, I'm lost. I called my mom and I said, I'm going to Beaches Chapel this weekend. And I saw Pastor Louise, who I hadn't seen in almost 12 years. And he said, baby, you are home. And he met my children and then he passed away two weeks later. Uh, That was like my epiphany, Tiffany's epiphany. Uh, Because I realized right then that I was where I was meant to be. I felt like I was home. And even though I had been clean for almost a decade, I struggled so much with the shame and the regret of everything that happened um, over those years. And I struggled with domestic abuse, mental and physical violence. I was pistol whipped. I was left dead in a ditch. I have survived suicide twice. And I just couldn't understand how I could go through all this second that I walked into this place, God told me, this is where you're supposed to be. I was bitter and mad that I'd lost my job. You know, I just, again, didn't understand. And the family and the community that I have found here and the acceptance is unprecedented. We have a woman's Bible study, and we are all of different generations, different ages. We are so diverse. And the love that we have found in this, you know, and I'm still in the midst of the storm. I tell Chase all the time. I was like, I don't know if I should do this. You know, I am a wreck. I come in here and I cry, and I, I'm every time I'm in here. Um, but I don't feel that shame anymore. And that victim mentality is real. And like he said, it's knowing the truth about God. I've heard it a thousand times. Says that sin is east to the west, but until you truly believe it, you're lost. And that was the biggest thing is coming into this church as many times as I've been other places, I felt that here, and it was the truth. And I was loved, and I knew that no matter what I did, I was almost embarrassed to tell you guys because now I work in the children's ministry. So I was like, um, by the way, all your kids at the fall fest did ask me if Cody was my husband, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I was like, you know, he's he's here now too, and we're still working on our own. <laughs> we are going through the struggle, and it's hard to become a Christian, but still, you know, we didn't do the right timeline, you know, and I bet James didn't know this or how much we've been struggling, but we are also pregnant. I've been keeping it a secret for a while, because honestly, I was embarrassed, (laughs) Um, but through everything, um, I know that I'm obviously comfortable enough to tell you. I love this church, and I love my family, and I love your children, and I'm not sure what God has planned, but I do know that I'm here, and I just recently got hired as a mental health technician for a behavioral health. <laughs> so praying everything goes through with my exemption and we will be good, right? Just don't look me up on Google. <laughs> okay.
0: We got one more if we can handle it. Gary Barker, won't you come up, brother? I
3: already have a tissue, James. Thank you. Wow. What an honor to stand in front of y'all. I am so blessed. Each and every one of you. The prayers, the texts, the phone calls. Man, wow! I serve a great God. I stand before you today, and James goes, You know, you can keep it simple or you can tell it all. Well, if you got me up here, I'm going to tell it all. And I'm going to be truthful. I stand before you now with stage 4 prostate cancer it's not very good you know I've got some great doctors I've got some great healthcare right now like I was telling my buddy John Fritz man can only do so much you know they're giving me 4 years I'm 58 years old I just turned out last week I'm not dying In the name of Jesus I am healed because he went to that cross And I am to be delivered
0: Listen I want all of us to keep standing And uh because what's common in all three of those stories is that it's not done. They haven't reached that, that finish line of being totally and completely healed physically, emotionally, all those things. And, and listen, if we're being honest, we're, we're the finish line's heaven, right? But we want to just take a moment before we go back into worship. And if, and if we can be honest, like, Lois and Tiffany and Gary were just honest with us. Um, I want to pray. I want to pray for you. If you are in that place or you have just, you're this close to giving up or you just can't shout anymore, you're tired, tired of hearing the reports, tired of not seeing the results, you are in the middle of your testimony. And that's when we shout loudest. We shout together. So if you could, if you're brave enough to just raise your hand. If you need prayer this morning, wherever you're at in life, go ahead. Raise your hand if that's you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you see someone around you and your hand isn't raised, if you could just place your hand on them, keep your hand up if you need that prayer. If you need that prayer, find some people around you, church. Let's just believe with them together. Let's link arms. Hallelujah. Well, Father, you see it. You see the hands. You see the hearts. You see the hurt, the frustration, Lord, the fear. God, we, we, we talk about this on Sunday, and, and we know it's true, God, but sometimes our feelings do dictate what we think I pray right now first that you would forgive us when we forget about the truth of Jesus, when we forget that you are the great king over all the earth. God, right now we we come to you humbly, Lord, and we do as you say when we're tired and we're weary, Lord. We come to you. Lord, here we are now at your feet, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us. Let us take your burden, Father, your yoke that is easy and light. And we put the burden that we've been walking with, we've been living in. We we lay it at your feet and we say, no more. God, we are going to shout the goodness of God in the midst of our trials, Lord, together. And believe, Lord, that you are going to see us through to the end. That that work that you are doing will be completed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, not by our power, Lord, not by our efforts, God, but by Jesus' name, God, that we are going to see very truthfully that in our weakness we are made strong as we turn to you over and over and over again. And, God, I pray that right now, Jesus, strength, Father, strength over those that are weak, strength over those that want to give up, strength over those that want to quit, Father. Strengthen them, Father, equip them, let them understand that they are not alone, that they have this church family, that the testimonies are coming and they are here right now. In Jesus' name. And we stand by our brothers. We stand by our sisters. And we shout with them, Father, on behalf of them. Now, you are a great God. You are a great king. And we believe that you are true, Father. And you are going to see us through. Thank you, Jesus. Whether it's health, Father. Whether it's finances. Whether it's our, our kids, God. Or our marriage, Lord. If there's an addiction, Father. Whatever it might be, Jesus, we lay it at your feet. To a God who is more than capable of healing us. Thank you, Lord, that you never leave us. That yea, the way we may be walking in the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because you are with us. So yes, Lord, hear our shouts this morning. Let them resonate in heaven, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are a great God. You are a great God. You are a great God.